Hello, everybody. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs. And today we're going to be talking Manhattan, Johnny. And we got the lovely Deanna Corey here. We love Deanna, and we, we have her here once in a while. <laughs> we love you more, Deanna. And uh, Johnny, I mean, she's the best. She's going to tell us everything we need to know. I mean, uh, what, what more do you need to say? Multi billion dollar producer, townhouses, co ops, condos, Manhattan, Brooklyn, up, down, sideways, left, right, diagonal. Deanna's done it all. So I'm expecting. No pressure, Deanna. No, I'm just expecting no a lot yeah, of information today. <laughs> All right. Well, Deanna, thank you for, for being here. And let's just get right into it, Deanna. Okay. What is going on with the Manhattan market? Oh, what is goodness. hot? What is not? Okay, well, that's a good question. It's busy. It's very busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I've never had so many. It's not just me, but there are a lot of people looking to sell, looking to see if this is the moment in time to be selling. And as per your point, from a high level perspective, some segments are doing remarkably well and some segments are not. And that's mm. really kind of what I'm seeing because I have done a lot of work with pre-war co-ops, Upper West, Upper East. And even within that category, some segments are doing well and some segments are not. And it's there's almost in some ways no way to fully explain it. Um, which makes it really hard when you're dealing with sellers who expect that you're going to be selling their apartment for what should be the correct price. Is it is it is it something along the lines of like renovated versus not renovated or views versus not views or pre-war versus new or something like there, that? There are, there are absolutely elements of that, but they're also for some reason, and I can uh, theorize why those reasons are, um, the perspective, you know, properties, for example, and I'll just give you a couple of examples. Sure. We have a studio on Park Avenue. Seems like nobody wants a studio right now. They want more space. Yeah. <laughs> they want to have an extra room for a home office. That market seems to be dead in the water. Um, and then I've got this incredible apartment. I mean, incredible apartment. This 4,200 square feet on Riverside Drive. And it's under $8 million, so it's under 2,000 square foot. It's got central air. It's beautifully renovated. You cannot even get people in the door. And it's because that market, those people are looking at, I believe, at condos, right? Mm -hmm. And they're also looking at, um, but it's such a good deal. And I can't understand it. It's just a great right. apartment on the river, beautiful. But it's a market that's sort of in between where people feel comfortable spending and then the mega up to like above 10, 11, 12 million, where once you get to 10 million, that market seems to be moving more in the pre-war co-ops that are renovated and below right. 6 million. It's sort of that six to 10. You're in no man's land right there. We're in no man's land. So yeah. this is part of it. Now, if you have a condo and a condo that is renovated, you are in great shape, you know, especially if it's beautifully renovated. So, um, and if you're downtown, beautifully renovated, anything beautifully renovated downtown, forget it. It's just, you know, the world's your oyster. Right now, classic <laughs> sixes are doing incredibly well on the Upper West Side, not as well on the Upper East Side. I mean, it's just really, I mean, I can't tell you, every market segment has something completely different. You <laughs> seem so excited. <laughs> I'm excited because I can't believe it. I really <laughs> so, so I've ever had such a market like this. Well, it's, it's really right. yeah go ahead sorry yeah it's just the most bizarre um time that i've seen in a, in a quite a while because yes i mean there's things we we put on the market we have offers right away 
Um, I had a classic six on Central Park West. Been on the market with two, three other brokers. Wow. Just came on the market with us, just painted, not even staged, asking price offer right away. These are things that like, it's just weird. Some things are just brilliant and other things are just still taking forever. So right. it's really hard um, you know, to, to know when you, this is where you need to have the data and this is sort of what you provide. And of course, what we can provide from our own data within our own companies and our own knowledge. And so, you know, for whatever it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic point. I mean, you're, you're way ahead of me. I was going to go, my script was going to talk about what's co-op versus condo, how to use the data. And, you know, I think you kind of got into it. The fact that condos are hot, co-ops are not. And especially at that, that no man's land price point, you're, I think you're exactly right. But I'd like to get dig into a little bit on that pricing side and using the data, because I think you, you brought up a couple of things, which is if you've got a studio, it's one thing. If you've got a high priced unit, even if it's in a great location, but it's not quite that sweet spot, it's another thing. And I'm wondering, you know, with all of the customers out there, you know, looking at macro numbers, you know, just price per square foot for Manhattan or median price for Manhattan, seeing these numbers rise. How do you differentiate with a seller? How do you have that conversation about, well, yes, Manhattan's up, but your studio, unfortunately, is not. Yeah, well, I just I just came from one of those, and the and the thing is is that it is so segmented, in a way that it's it's segmented in a way I've never seen it, and I'm doing this 37 years, um, which says a lot. So, um, and I look at what is in contract, which is what's selling, and that's really what the market is, and I look at the history, which is what's closed in the recent past, and of course I look at the building just to see to make certain that the actual building um, data, you know, kind of I sold them the building, then we have that data. But um, I like to make sure that, you know, people understand. And I, and I often say to people, if you've got, if you're looking at studios, just as an example, and you've got, you know, on Park Avenue between 60th and 90th, you've got, you know, four, 30 studios, which you wouldn't have, because there's not that many on Park Avenue, but just let's take a number, 30 studios on the market, and you have eight in contract. Well, you know, mm -hmm. that's a very, very weak market, relatively speaking. Right. That's a buyer's market. That is not a seller's market. But if you have classic sixes, which we're seeing now, or classic sevens on the Upper West Side, just as an example, pre-war co-op, yeah. that are like four on the market, and they're 15 in contract. Well, that's a seller's market. I mean, that's your market pulse. That's what you deal yeah. with. Right. So yeah. I love your market pulse. <laughs> yeah, that's the pulse. No, that's and, and and I can see how it's different in every single sector, and and I could see the frustration that that I know I know there's not a one size fits all, and and, and everything's individual. But let me ask you this: are, are buyers more frustrated right now, or are sellers more frustrated right now? It's segmented. <laughs> right. There's no one answer. Yeah. If you're a person looking for that classic six on the Upper West Side right now, yeah. you're frustrated, right? If right. you're the person looking for a studio, you're wondering like, how am I, why have so many choices, you know, or if you're right. looking for that six to 9 million, you're like, should I be buying now? You know, what about the one bedroom market? Is it, is it just kind of like in the middle of the hybrid? It's, yeah, it really depends um, on the location again. And I mean, downtown is like a much easier. Mm -hmm. Uptown is a little harder. Again, people are looking for that extra space. So if you have a junior four, that's a far better thing because you can create that extra office space. Right. It's all about having that extra space because people just don't see themselves going back to the office. We know this. This is like a very common thing. They, they see themselves as working from home the time um, right. going forward, you know? So they need that extra space. That's not to say that, I will tell you the market that I see, it's really um, actually a really pretty strong market, which I guess you've probably heard from other agents, which is the Pieta market. So the person, you know, the co-ops that mm -hmm. don't allow 
I mean, condos, that's again why condos are doing well. And we don't even have, I know I've heard Brian's thing, but we don't even have all the foreign buyers here yet, right? So right. the condo market, which is already doing well because easy pied-à-terre, easy new, usually amenities, all the other things that are great with condos. Well, you know, pied-à-terre market, but we don't even have the foreign buyers. So that's going to get even better. So the co-ops by and large have gotten a little bit with the program and have decided that, you know, this is a good market for us if there's small apartments in their building, because people don't tend to buy anything larger than a studio one or two bedroom. Um, but that's, you know, sort of the market that um, where co-ops can actually capitalize and get some buyers in the door if they're not selling. Um, right. That's interesting. So, so let, me, let me ask you, yeah, because I think you hit on a great point and that's, there are certain there are certain co-ops out there that will have a, or allow pied de terres especially for some of the smaller units. But I'm wondering how much are co-ops a deal breaker for folks just out of the out of the gate? It doesn't matter what the size is. I'm just not interested because it's a co-op. Is that still in effect? That is in effect for certain people. But it, you know, since I'm on the, I mean, I do all sections of the town, like you said, and even we do some Brooklyn. But generally speaking, when you have uptown buyers the inventory of available apartments and the values in co-ops are so much better than condos. Um, and I just did a, a study on Central Park West and the ratio of even that, you know, that's, they're like nine condo buildings and 29 co-op buildings, but the ratio of condos that have sold to co-ops, even with that small number of condo buildings is much higher than the ratio of the buildings, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So we are still having people just really take pause at co-ops. Now, remember, a lot of the pre-war co-ops, you know, people live in them, they're sort of lifetime family homes. And so we're getting a lot of apartments that need work that are pre-war co-ops. And that also is really adding to the difficulty in selling these properties and the hesitation that people are having, primarily because, as we all know, the cost of renovation has escalated dramatically. Um, yeah. And so people are very nervous about that. So, and not only the escalation in terms of cost, the escalation in terms of time because of supply chain and so forth. Right. And, and let me just, um, I want to go into the psychology of it a little bit. I want to try to understand the thinking process of, of the buyers and the seller, the bids and the asks, right? I'm okay. always trying to figure out the spreads. Um, how, I mean, what are, are there any concerns um, risks, um, interest rates, um, taxes, anything that's on the mind of your buyers um, oh, no. that, yeah, or, or sellers uh, on the same front that they're thinking right now that can give us an insight into what, what the market is actually, you know, I mean, because we're, we're in some crazy times right yeah. now. The last couple of months, I mean, if you look at the equity market, you look at the, the, the geopolitics, you look at the rising rates, like there's been a lot going on, inflation expectations. How are buyers and sellers adjusting, absorbing, and perceiving all this? Well, it's, it's interesting because um, sellers um, are, are a bit worried. <laughs> they, want, they know it's a good time in the market and they want to take advantage of that. So every time I meet with someone, there's a, a concern about timing. It's almost the first question that gets asked. Um, when do we need to do this? What is the timing? What's going on with interest rates? Because they are concerned that buyers are going to be put off by an increase in interest rates. Now, We've just had a little reprieve for obvious reasons because of the Russia-Ukraine situation. And, um, and so, and you know, I, I actually thought the Russia-Ukraine situation would really put a little damper on the market, but so far I haven't seen it. 
um, at all. In fact, it's kind of surprising. Um, and, and even the markets, the volatility of the markets and what's happening in the markets really hasn't, um, well, it's possible there are buyers that have backed out, but I have not had any buyers back out. I have had not a right. single buyer back out. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just, I think people, there's a pent up demand in the, those market segments where there is very little inventory and there are plenty of those market segments. And just because people really want to buy and be someplace and have a home, they really want a home they can live in, they can stretch out in, they can have, um, you know, a workspace in because right. of all of that. And they just want to make it their own. We're just not seeing a great impact of all these things on the buyers. And I don't hear it from the buyers. They just don't hear the kinds of things I thought I would hear, you know? I thought right. I so just to, to, to yeah. pinpoint the um, relative value areas, you're, you're either in the studio market <laughs> or you're in the seven, $8 million sector, right? So that's kind of where you are. Everything else is kind of, is kind of hot. Right yes, now. <laughs> yes, yes. Everything well, else the, is kind of hot. Crazy. Well, the other thing, yeah. the other thing you mentioned, Except and we did a piece, we'll talk that's about that. exactly what I was going to say. So that that's another sector right now, which is just really struggling. And it's, I think it's recovered a little bit, but it's still it down and out. And that's the, un, that's the unrenovated units. And I think you, you nailed the, the, the issues. Number one, it's much more expensive to renovate. Number two, your timeline is totally shot because building policies are longer. It's taking harder to find that the crew to come in. I mean, it's just, it, it's delay upon delay and it's sort of a cascading effect. So it's sort of your, your timeline is exponentially longer. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, when you, when you talk about um, trying to sell or trying to represent a seller in an unrenovated apartment, you gotta, you gotta start thinking about staging instead of kind of trying to do some work yourself. Oh, and I'm wondering yeah. oh, yeah. how staging is, 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 is affecting the sellers these days. When you go in and you talk about, you, you said timelines were the first questions. I'm, I'm curious where the, where the topic of staging comes into it. Well, staging, um you know, covers a multitude of sins. And it also excites people because half of our business, I would say more than half, probably three quarters of our business is creating a beautiful uh, environment that people walk into and fall in love with. Because people can sort of push them, if they fall in love, they can get past or they can sort of manage to minimize, oh, I won't do this on this renovation or whatever it is. So they can, you know, go ahead and purchase the apartment. And, and so, Staging and timing, um, it's, I mean, I, you know, I'm a big believer in staging because I started staging 20 years ago. And um, I do think, like we have, we have, we're handling a few apartments at the Apthorpe and we have one staged and everybody walks in there and it needs just as much work as the others, but they all think it doesn't need that much work. And I find that very interesting. And so it does help people imagine themselves there. And I think it's very important, but I missed part of your question. Was there another piece of it that I should be answering? John. No, I, I'm just curious about how staging, you know, especially for the unrenovated ones, if, if staging can kind of, kind of help get up, get you over the gap of, of that, that initial hit you're going to take because you're unrenovated. Yeah, it does. And I do think even improving, um, say, estate apartments or apartments that are not in great condition, making enough improvements so it feels fresh, so it feels clean, so it feels, you know, like something inviting. I mean, it's it's really a pity when I walk in and I show people apartments that are wrecks. It's, and people, 90%, maybe even 95 or even maybe 99% of people who walk into something that doesn't look good, they can't envision it, even though they say they can, they can't. Yeah. So our job is, I mean, in my opinion, my job is to try and make it, or any agent's job should be to make it as appealing as possible 
to help sellers and you know get the best possible price. That said, if yeah. you are a buyer out there and you can see past what is a terrible looking apartment and has been sitting on the market and sitting on the market and coming down in price, you just gotta um, bite the bullet because there's some values potentially to be had. The problem of course is that because every seller is reading and hearing about how strong the market is, they're reluctant to come down and what, and they want to blame the broker, of course, because yeah. they want to blame the broker. Easy yeah, to do. And I, and I think, I think the market's, I mean, price action, I think we're back in 2019. We're going up, but price action is definitely rising, but we're not, we're not, we're not, you know, um, we're not at peak, you know, and I think a lot of sellers, I think a lot of sellers look at the market and they're like, oh, um, the pulse of the market is at, is at the peak. Like the, the inventory is so low. And I mean, it's a tight inventory and it's a strong demand market that it feels feels like it did in 2013, 14, 15, kind of. But when it comes to price action, we're just not there. And, and yeah, you can try all day long, you know, sales, you can try all day long, go for it. Hey, go for it, do what you gotta do. But you know what, you're gonna, it's gonna be time and you're gonna miss the first four weeks of action. Um, and I just wanted to go back and say something on that, on the renovation um, division. You know what, John, um, I, I, when we worked buyers back in the day, we don't do it anymore, but we had a lot of buyers that couldn't see past the vision of an unrenovated apartment. And there was a lot of times where we're like, there's a deal here, right? Mm -hmm. Now, now you're in a situation, all right? Now you're in a situation where you may get a deal and that deal may be bigger for unrenovated because of the situation with, with, with inflation and services and all that's going to mm -hmm. cost and all that. Like those guys are getting underbid. So there's a big discount. Now, if you can arbitrage that somehow, hedge it, but you know, I'm not going to do my renovation for three years. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in a couple of years, but maybe at some point it will ease down the road. I know it doesn't feel like it now. It looks like it's going to get worse <laughs> before it gets better. But I mean, if you could live with it for a little while and 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 get that discount gap, get the gap down value, and ultimately do a renovation when the situation is more economically feasible in the future, you may have a good play there for for an investment. And I recall, and and here's the point. I recall is that when, when buyers are looking at this, there was two obstacles. Number one, the renovation itself, the price, the headache, the where am I going to live, all that. And then two, the vision. The vision was an yeah. obstacle. They, they, they didn't have the vision. They didn't well, see that, it. Well, that's what the staging is for, is to right. create the Remove vision. the obstacle. Yeah. Remove that. At least you're getting one of the two obstacles out of the way. And that's the point of the whole thing is that you're just removing one of them. Now you got to get over the whole thing about, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot of money. You got to do all I this know. to deal with that. I know. But the whole idea, <laughs> and you know this with buyers, if they fall in love, that's like half the battle yeah. for sure yeah and falling yeah. in love is very hard to do in a wreck of an apartment unless it's got super cool bones you know uh, right. so it you know so you know we'll have to see but you're right it is it is prices are not back to where they were and and that then that's the, the the sort of struggle that a lot of um, sellers have because sellers have been wanting prices to be back to where they were since they were not <laughs> you know yeah. since 2016 or 15 you know i mean they've been wanting that forever so that's yeah. what we're dealing well, with. Sellers want high prices and buyers want uh, options and negotiations. You know, you can't, right. have, can't have it all. Um, John, any final questions for Deanna here? No, I'm just curious what you think, uh, you know, coming coming into the, the busiest time of the spring listing season, you know, we're getting into March, April's right around the corner. What are your expectations, you know, for, for buyers and sellers going forward here? Well, I think it's going to be a bit of a crazy market. We may see, I believe, some increases in prices coming up because um, April and May and early June tend to be our very, very strongest seasons in terms of people making decisions to buy for the obvious reasons of 
you know, school, you know, it's mm -hmm. the summertime, people want to move over the summer and so forth. And it tends to be when the most, you know, everybody's been looking now for the first quarter, they're going into the second quarter, and they're determined to get it done. So it, as a seller, it is really the best time to be listing. And as a buyer, you just have to be really ready and, you know, have all your ducks in a row and, and, and be aggressive if you want an apartment. Um, or wait until the third quarter, which is, tends to be a lot slower. And then you can have a little bit more choice. You won't have as much competition, but you'll also be closing in the late fall or winter, you know. So um, I don't know if I answered your question, but. <laughs> no, you, you did. And, and, and listen, well, Deanna, I. We're in a tight inventory market, John. Yeah. What are you going to do? No, I, I think you. I think you hit the nail on the head yet again, which is like if you're going to sell, this is a fantastic time to sell because right now, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about is net inventory, which you take all the actives and you subtract contracts, and you subtract off markets, and we've been running at a deficit for quite some time. When normally this period of time, this period of the year, we're at a surplus. It's been a deficit. So if you're listing, you know, unless you're listing a studio into a market that's saturated with studios. Generally speaking, you're listing into a good market. So I would encourage sellers out there, if you're on the fence, hey, you should think about it because it's a pretty good time to be a seller right now. It is. It's a good time to be a seller. And, yeah. you know, if you if you have the right strategy as a buyer, and that's the whole thing, you've got to have a strategy as a buyer. You must have a very defined strategy as a buyer right now in certain market segments. And so the broker needs to talk with you about it in advance and really have that set up so that you know what you're getting into in the next two months. Otherwise yeah. you're going to be killed. <laughs> right. And, and, and I would agree. We are in a rising price action. We're not at peak. We're at 2019 going to 2018. We are in a low inventory. We're in a high demand market. And if you are a seller right now um, and you are not selling, it's your price. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, no, 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 no. I want Spoiler you to shout that, shout that from the rafters. We could use that because it's not okay. easy. It's your anyway. price. Anyway, you know, <laughs> sellers could do whatever they want. Every, every seller has the right to test the market. And you know what? Maybe they only want to sell at a certain number and they have the right to do that. We just have to understand as, as, as um, analysts looking at the data, when you look at inventory uh, of, of, you know, over 5,000 or whatever it is of, of actively updated listings, not the stale stuff, um, a lot of that is stuff that's just not selling and not right. a lot of it's fresh inventory. So that's right. why the fresh stuff comes on. The buires are looking at it and just the stale stuff is lingering. So yeah, and, and I'll tell go. you what, so I, I don't want to have to drag this out, but it's 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 interesting to me because when you look at sort of the long-term price cut, what's that normal price cut? It's 5%, which basically tells me that, you know, you don't have to be a lot greedy to sit on the market a long time. You just have to be just, just right. greedy enough, just like, I just want to get 5% more. And it's like, guess what? You're going to be sitting on the market for three months and you're eventually going to cut your price to where it is now. It's like, you've lost this yeah. opportunity cost and you know, you're, you're behind the times in terms of the calendar. So right. yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Dying they're all on the same page. We're, we're preaching yeah. to the choir, but it is. Yes. What it, is. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. This is what makes a market. Deanna Corey, thank you so much. This has been You're wonderful welcome. to sit down and talk Likewise. markets with you. Thank you so much. That is John Walker. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We're both from Urban Digs. This has been Talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time.